Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andrew McCart, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I'm here with the older brother of the Smith clan, Paul Smith. Paul, we're here in Newcastle. It's obviously been a, a busy week for the Smith family with Liam and the Yannabeck stuff and the Billy Joe Saunders stuff and obviously the Chris Eubank stuff. Now Callum's have to pull out his fight and you've been out in Saudi Arabia. So it's been a busy week for yourself and the, your, your family. But I do want to touch on why we're, quick touch on why we're here in Newcastle. A fight that's probably fell under the radar a little bit, gone under the radar in uh, Lewis Richardson and O'Hara Davis. What a fight it is here in Newcastle. Just uh, break that fight down for me. I think it's a very good fight. O'Hara Davis on, on his day will, will give anyone nightmares and, and, and problems most of the time. You know, we've seen it in the past. He's obviously lost when he stepped up to, to, to a very good level, but Lewis Richardson has still got a little bit to prove. I think having, having moved up in weight, you know, the, the stuff Davis is saying this week, can he carry the power? You know, that is something I'm interested in, in, in seeing as well. Um, I like Lewis Richardson. I think he's, I think he's a really good fighter. He's done great getting to where he did with an apprentice title as quick as he could and then the step up and he just he just fell short and had a couple of off nights but he's got to perform there was a lot of pressure on him I always say this about Geordies and I love Newcastle I love the place I love I love the city I love, I love its people more importantly and um, I think they're quite similar to us but they've, they've only got one team and they're mad fanatic about that and if they can just get one boxer that will be able to Perform on on the world scene like this. You know, they've had it with Savannah Marshall, a female boxer, but they're desperate for a champion to get behind and one of their own to get behind, and they certainly will do that. And we all thought Lewis Richardson was that, and there's still a chance for him to be that. But he's got to he's got to get Davis out the way in 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 good style, not just win, but he's got to win and do well. It's a crossroad crossroads fight for the pair of them. Um, had similar careers early on; they were knocking everyone out. Then they had their first loss, and then it was sort of like stagnant a little bit, just getting big fights, winning big fights, losing big fights. So they've had similar careers. They're in their 30s now. Um, crossroads fights in terms of the winner goes on, final eliminator goes on for that world title, maybe, if that's the case. Loser probably has to go right back down the bottom of the pile. Is that how you see it? Yeah, and it's whether they want to do that then. You know, it, it takes a lot to sort of come back after a loss in time, rebuild your career, rebuild your life again, so to speak. Because your boxing is, is, is your life at, at, when you when you're fighting, you know it, it's evident to you. But it's whether you have that desire or that want or that, that belief that you can actually do that again. So a, a loss, I agree with you. I think a loss will be will be you know clinical to whoever, whoever is receiving it. But the winner will move on, and, and I can I can see it being written if he if he keeps smart, doesn't switch off. Alara Davis is, is dangerous, always has been. Them, them long arms, you know, he, he's awkward, he's strong as well, and. He's always got to be switched on. Well, let's talk about it then. Obviously, Callum, unfortunately, suffered an injury uh, this week, well, tail end of last week, maybe. Um, 
he's, he's fights off uh, Stepien. Gutted for, for Callum. I mean, he's in line for that WBC shot, that WBF fight. So just talk to me about the injury and how serious it is for Callum. It's, it's not serious. He's just had a niggle in camp and, and it, it, it's... It's a case of if he fights, there's a risk of making it worse. If he doesn't fight, then then, then it'll heal up and, and he'll still be there for Batavia. If there was no Batavia fight, then would he have fought? Possibly, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's just one of them things. It happens. It's very unfortunate. It's you know, I think it, I think it's probably the first time it's happened with Callum. He's had to pull up with an injury, um, from what I can think of, anyway. You know, and it's it is unfortunate. He's gutted over it, but. He's not in a position where he has to fight for, for the money or he has to fight because he has to win to, to get an opportunity. He's guaranteed to fight for three belts next. So there's, there's no point in, in risking anything at all. It, it, it is a, an injury worthwhile of pulling out of the fight. You know, and, and it's one that you'll have to work on to, to be ready for Batavia in, uh, in June, July. But it's, it's not really a, a massive issue. It's just unfortunate that he, he can't make this fight. Everyone wants to see the Bevel versus about to be a fight, obviously the undisputed, and then obviously you got two Russians. It's that sort of derby going between the two fighters. So how confident are you that we can see? I know he's mandated for the fight. We sometimes we know that undisputed fights some sort of supersede yeah. a mandatory fight. So how confident are you as a family, Callum, as a team, that we can see Callum Smith against Berto Biev in the summer? I'm, I'm very confident because you know, the rules are the rules, and unfortunately, boxing has, has a lot of them. And, and, the, and the rule is that the next time that WBC belt is four for Callum Smith will be in one corner. So that, that's you know that ultimately that's what it is. If 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 Batavia and Bivol do fight, then it won't be for the WBC belt, and it won't be for the undisputed title. So therefore, it's not going to have that that bigger sort of draw to it. Even though Batavia and Bivol are number one and two in the division, undoubtedly. Um, and it's a great fight, it's one I'd like to see, but with all the stuff going on at the moment around the world, with, with, with Russian fighters, Russian citizens, Russian nationalities, you know, it, it's it's not looking like it's going to be happening any time soon. There's a, there's a fair bit of politics involved with boxing as well as, obviously, the, the, the official politics that are going on around the world, but I've, I've heard a good few times that Batabiev, eh, Bivol won't be recognised by the WBC because of his nationality and... I can just see all them little problems getting in the way of actually making a fight like that for the summer when Callum against Batavia is going to happen in the summer so they can get that one done and then hopefully move on. Hopefully with Callum's the champion, as I said, I'm, I'm very confident in, in, in what Callum can do and very confident in what I've seen in, in Batavia's previous fights that Callum can certainly exploit. But obviously it's Batavia, he's very good. People think I'm just because just I've seen something in, in what Callum can do, I'd say he's going to wipe him out, but... I've got full faith in, in Callum. Callum's got full belief and faith in himself. And on his day, Callum will give anyone nightmares. You know, it's just people will always just look at the Canelo fight and think he hasn't. That's his level or something, or that's where he's peaked, or he doesn't belong up there, or he has a, you know, he, he throws or he has an off night or whatever people want to say. I've read, I've read so many different things about it, uh, but this this fight is is one that I'm genuinely 100% confident in Callum pulling off. Do you take anything from the yard fight and how well he did against Bertie Biev? We all know that. Yard can whack a little bit, but it seems like he did have better be hurt, but not in a way where he stumbled or he was rocked or anything. But do you think that Callum carries that power, carries that sort of size up at light heavyweight to put a dent? We've seen him down with Callum Johnson, better be So do you think Callum can put him away and hurt him worse than what anyone else has done in this so far in his career? Well, I think Callum is a bigger puncher than Anthony Yard. You know without question in my, in my opinion and if anyone wants to challenge that go for it but I think Callum Smith hits a hell of a lot harder than, than Anthony Yard you know and 
Callum Johnson's a massive puncher. I've been in there with him myself. He, he can punch, he can crack hard. But again, Callum, Callum Smith is, is up there, if not better, if not a bigger puncher, sorry, or if not, you know, certainly on that level, completely, with, especially with the body as well. Can Callum Smith hurt Batavia? Absolutely. Can he put him down and hurt him and keep him down? I believe so, absolutely. But I keep seeing this about yards, and again, I, I'm sick of having to protest. I like Anthony Yard. I keep saying it all the time, all the time. I like him. It's it's not a it's not a personal thing, but if I was matched with someone to fight for a title in four weeks, and I have to get back in the gym for four weeks, which would probably kill me, and I need to deep fib for it anyway. I give him the best two rounds they have, but it's a ten round or twelve round fight. I keep seeing oh he's doing great, but to do great against someone like Batavia, if you've got to make sure you've got twelve rounds in you. It's okay coming out and shooting your load, leaving it all in, in, out there in the first five, six rounds and not having nothing left for the last six. Mm-hmm. It's a 12-round fight. We see it a lot, so many times. Oh, he's done well while it lasted, but it's a 12-round fight, so you've got to do well for the 12 rounds or you've got to conserve your energy or, or, or leave some in reserve or you've got to be able to maintain it for 12 rounds. As I, I had this this debate and this argument all the way through the Eubank build-up where I said to everyone that would listen, he hasn't got 12 rounds in him, Eubank, so he's going to have to conserve something somewhere. Mm. He's going to have to come out and not do as much early and do a little bit late, or he's going to have to come out and... Thank you, Coogan, for the for the juice. I'll have, I'll have a black cut and soda, please, mate. I'll tell you <laughs> what. No, I'm joking, Coogan, I'm all right, mate. No, I'm sad, thank I'm only messing. I was joking. No, no, thanks. <laughs> Proper role reversal here. You're, you're getting broad drinks by Coogan. This is, this is great. Uh, that's the first time that's ever happened, Paul, trust me. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm laughing. That's why I made a big deal of it. No, I keep seeing it all the time. Now, now if, if you're coming out and working and giving everything you've got in the first few rounds, you, you can't keep that pace unless you're saying that way. I, I knew Liam had 12 in them all the way through the build-up for the Eubank, and I knew that would be what was ultimately helping win the fight because he had more in the tank, he had more energy, more desire, more fitness, bigger pair of balls, tougher, you know, mm. and... and, and this is the same thing what I'm trying to get up with Anthony Yard. It's okay coming out and giving everything you've got for seven or eight rounds and putting a very good performance in and you might be up, you might be down, it doesn't matter what happens, but it's a 12-round fight, so it, 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 ultimately it's meaningless. Unless you can get him out of there, if that's what he meant to do, then that failed as well. And I'm not criticising the kid, I'm just I'm just sort of easing expectations of, of the people who are like, oh, he's done great, yeah, he's done good, he give a good effort, but it's a 12-round fight. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be world champion you have to work for 12 rounds you have to maintain that pace and outlast the fighter that you're in with it's that's common sense in boxing so it's okay saying like will Callum do that I think Callum has got 12 rounds in him Callum can come out and work at a pace and maintain it for 12 rounds and possibly hopefully take what Batavia's got when he's giving it back but when Callum's on the offence and give him what he's out I'm not sure Batavia's will, Batavia will manage to, to take what Callum's got he's a big puncher very clever boxer can do it at range can do it up close and I think the faults and the stuff that Batavia, that Yard did expose of Batavia I think Callum can capitalise on that and, and certainly keep him there you know everyone keeps saying how wide open he is to the left hook as if that's probably only Callum's shot, but it is Callum's pet shot, it's his favourite shot, and he, he will land it, and it's a case of, we'll have to see if them questions are answered from Batavia as well as Callum. There's going to be a lot of questions asked to Callum, but there's certainly going to be questions asked to Batavia. He's been down before, Callum hasn't. He's been there before, Callum hasn't. You know, he's confident, more confident in his chin, he's more confident in his non-punching hand when they're throwing at the same time, which is what will happen a lot. So for Callum, you know, that, that attitude of, well, you know what, I, I, I take more boxes than you here. So that, that's a great sort of, that's a great asset to have going into a fight of that magnitude. I mean, 
fingers crossed for Callum. Um, he's worked his way up in the light heavyweight division. He's done everything he's asked for. He's beat everyone in front of him. So the injury is unfortunate. Uh, so hopefully he does get that huge fight in the summer. Now I said to you, it was a busy time for your family. Yeah, your other brother Liam, great win with Chris Eubank Jr. in January there. Now it seems he's got options now. It seems he's got the Chris Eubank Jr. rematch. He's got Billy Joe Saunders has mentioned a fight with him, and then obviously he's been mandated for Janabek. Uh, okay, where does he go? <laughs> I don't think he goes for for, for Janabek and, and it's not like it's not fair, it's not obviously avoiding, but he's a light middleweight. If he fights at one fifty four, you know, he's moved up to one sixty to beat Eubank and he's going right back down to one fifty four. He wants a world title at that weight. But he'll take an, an opportunity at that weight and he'll take an opportunity at one sixty eight because that's the type of type of kid he is and the type of fighter he is. But I think ultimately he wants a world title at one fifty four. If he goes for one sixty, great, but the Janabek fight, he's a he's a southpaw, unbeaten Kazakh very good fighter trained by Buddy McGirt the money in that yeah the money in that wouldn't be anything to, to you know even close to what he could get for fighting Eubank Golovkin anyone else any other one of them champions anyone at like middleweight Charlo etc so it's not really good good business wise anyway the Billy Joe Saunders fight you know is Billy Joe going to fight I saw that and I was half smirking because you know, we're all mates we all get on Liam especially it, it gets on with Billy, Billy Joe and Billy Joe gets on with us but business is business would mm. they fight of course they would but you know, it, it's up to it's again it's a step up to 168 then when he's only really a light middleweight um, people mentioning about the Eubank rematch obviously that that's the one what I think I think personally will happen I think probably should happen I think it's the best fight for both of them I don't think Eubank's going to make that amount of money against anyone else apart from Conor Ben and if that happens it probably won't be in Britain obviously so so whether that'll work or not I don't know um, Liam's not going to get probably the same amount of money that he will in the rematch against even a Golovkin, a Charlo, or, or Johnny Beck, or any of the other champions out there, or any other fighters out there. So, Kelbrook, even. So, I think that the best option for both is probably to have the rematch. And then I think Liam beats him again and does it in, in, in equally as devastating fashion or, or or faster, if that if that's anything to go by. And I think Liam still then goes on to fight for the world title. But the last fight, he's done, he done great, but he's done what most of the people around him that know him and have been in the ring with him or that have watched him fight a lot. New, you know, hindsight's great. You're looking back now, you think, ah, well, he was the better fighter, he was the better boxer, he did have the better pedigree, the better upbringing, the better schooling, the better skills, the better, you know, probably he's just a better all round fighter. This is what we were saying all the way through it, and the size won't come into in, into play. The fact that Billy Joe Saunders has mentioned him at super middle and he, he'll happily go to super middle shows you that the size isn't an issue for Liam Ever, it's never going to be an issue. You know, unless it's stupidly big, like a, a big light heavy or something, then it's not going to be. It's not going to play any part. Um, we said on the night, Liam would probably be heavier in the ring. I think he probably will have been. And then I keep seeing all this thing about the weight. You bank, you know, oh, he was weight drained. He was this. There's people who've never made weight in their life or never really experienced boxing saying, oh yeah, but he was done at the weight because like that's what people are saying. And it's just derogatory to Liam and taking away from Liam's mm -hmm. win. He beat a good kid on the, the um, public workout. In the Trafford Centre, all your ears off him, and the press conference. I think I'm actually, I'm actually lighter than Liam, so you know, you better watch out what he's doing with his weight. They were Eubank's words, not Liam. You know, on the on the check way, he was a pound lighter than Liam on the on the, the, the boxing balls check way the week of the fight. So Liam had, had more of a weight cut to do than than Eubank. Yeah, it's it's Eubank that was that was done at the weight or dead at the weight or the same. It all just um it's a bit of sour grapes rather than just accepting look the better man won and, and the majority of the boxing fraternity and the boxing people who've actually you know we were asked their opinion on it sided with Liam 
mainly most of the boxing fraternity was siding with Liam, a few were picking Eubank, and that's that's absolutely fine. But it's the better man won rather than crying out for the weight or what's going on with, with, with him or his, his dad or anything else. Just accept it. You know, he did on the night, the better man won. We'll see the rematch. I thought he handled it well, Eubank. I, I, thought, he, I thought he took it on the chin well because he had to. He had no other choice to, but he'll be back for the rematch, and I'm sure it'll be exciting again. Definitely well, and hopefully I'll make that one because I enjoyed the, the, the whole build up that fight week in Manchester back in January. There, now you mentioned a name in there, you threw a name in there as a possibility fight for Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam was Connor Ben. Now, I'm going to get your thoughts on it because he did release a statement the other night. There, I'm sure you, you read it. Um, what did you make of it first and foremost? My fucking eyes were killing me after reading it. It was the worst font you've ever used in life. Whoever, whoever made that up, I was zooming in, I was zooming out. Your glasses getting old. Oh, I'm getting on, yeah. 40 <laughs> now, aren't I? I, need, I, need, uh, I do need glasses that are slightly in my right eye, uh, but not much. But yeah, it's it's just a shitty situation, isn't it? it it's, um, again, I keep saying it. You know, Connor Ben's a lovely kid. I've, I've, I've known him a few years now. Big fan of his. Massive fan of his dad mm-hmm. growing up. But this sport is is boxing and, and we need to keep boxing clean and if something's getting in your system that shouldn't be in your system you know how's it got in your system uh, and he didn't mention eggs the, the the statement did apparently and I've seen that you know and I've had a laugh and a joke about it as everyone else does when, when something like that happens in, 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 in the sport because that's what happens when it's in football and you know you make jokes about things like that but with, with this with boxing you're going to make you're going to you're going to have a little joke about it but also it's a very very serious matter and, and if he has been taking testosterone which no one will ever be able to prove he did or didn't then the stuff that was in the system is known to be a masking agent isn't it or something that you take at the end of a cycle of testosterone again I've never took it in my life so I wouldn't know but I've heard from a lot of people who do take it that that's the first thing you take after you've done a course of testosterone the doctor that was sniffing around him you know it doesn't help if it's okay saying you contacted him after, afterwards or after the failed test but the same doctor's known to the approach of the boxers and offer the services bloods this and that and I remember thinking when, when I read it what, what do you need your bloods doing for well you get your AIDS test you get your hepatitis jab every year or your AIDS test every year and your hepatitis test to make sure you're still immune and that's all you need you to do in your bloods in boxing when you do your VO2 max or something you might take a bit of blood out of your fingertips just to see what you are but what you need blood tests for to, to check your levels I remember once I had low testosterone, I went to the doctors, which is probably going through a little bit of a, a, ba- a bad time in, in mentally where you get fatigued, you're not producing as, as much testosterone. I think I was about 32, 31. And the doctor said, yeah, they, they are low, but they're not like drastically low. I think with a bit of, you know, once you get back in the gym and start training, your diet changes and, you, and your, your mentality changes and your mood changes, it might ra- raise by itself naturally. I went back to the doctors about a month later and they were back to normal levels for my age. What I don't agree with is if, if you're a 35 year old man and you're in sort of the end days of your career or the peak of your career and you're still a champion you shouldn't be allowed to then go and get a testosterone booster to boost your testosterone levels back to the normal 21 or 22 year old man's levels because you're not a 21 or 22 year old man do you know what I mean so why should you legally have a letter off your doctor a TUE therapeutic use exemption off a doctor saying I've prescribed him testosterone boosters to get him back up to the normal level of a man 10 years younger than him but that's legal in boxing or in, in sports that's what's wrong with me that that shouldn't even be allowed if I'm fighting a 35 year old man and I'm 24 my last fight I was 34 the lad was 24 and if I had the testosterone of his, of his level and the energy that I had when I was 24 I'd have beat him easily mm. but I didn't because I was 34 I was on my way out I was tired of the longer career and 
the younger, fresher man won. Although I felt I could have beat him relatively easy two, three years earlier. That's boxing. That's that's normal sort of. That's normal. Um, well, physiology and, and the body you don't produce testosterone after a certain age for the reason so the fact that you can go and take it then to supplement it and boost it back up and then need to hide it with something else you know and I'm not saying that's what Conor Ben's done but it doesn't look good and as much as he's I remember seeing him writing you know the, oh, the apologies as big as the insult or the accusation or whatever it was and I remember thinking I, I, no I hope you're right I hope for, for you for boxing for your family name for everything else I hope you're right but there's still sort of that statement and that that everyone's come out since and like Matchroom and Conor Ben together jointly maybe or, or because they promote him it sort of raised more questions than answers there's no real definitive sort of ah so that's why it was I understand that now the lab fucked up or there was a cock up with some of the meat he got or he bought the meat from this place there's the, there's the stuff there that says it's from there there's the tests on that product what he yet or he's bought an over the counter supplement which I've seen a couple of boxers do in the past and I feel sorry for them they've bought an over the counter supplement what's perfectly legal to buy they've taken it or they've drank it they've ate it and they've failed to test and that's how it is but when you're boxing we always knew that you couldn't take Vicks nasal spray because it showed up something similar to ephedrine. You couldn't take a certain eye drop because it had something similar to cocaine. You couldn't take a certain painkiller because it showed something of, of what would fail a test. So you know that. You, you should know that anyway. You're a professional boxer and you're earning a lot of money, so you should really know that. But in a round, long, long-winded long roundabout way, it's just, it's just a shitty situation where I'm not sure what's going to happen over it. I don't know whether he's going to fight in the UK. I don't know if his name's going to be tarnished now for the rest of his career, or I don't know in typical boxing fashion if it's all just going to get brushed into the carpet and everyone forgets about it. I mean, the statement was a long statement, um, but there was a lot of discrepancies in that statement from all the agencies and the, the, the VADA and all that. They, they tested the sample four times, nine days after it was tested the four... I can't quite remember what it was, nine days after it was tested the first time, it came back clean and whatnot. Then his representative that he sent to the lab wasn't allowed in the lab when it was tested. All these sort of things, these discrepancies. Now, the WBC gave him a get-out clause, really, and he didn't accept it. So he still wanted to fight his case, which, as, as a human being, you sit back and think, OK, well, he's had the get-out clause, but he still wanted to proceed uh, down the course of his complete innocence, which, what did you make of that, then? That, that, that again makes me think, go on, I hope you're right, you know, do it, please. So if anyone's going to sort of challenge a false positive, brilliant, I love all that, you should do. I'll back them to the hilt if it is a false positive. And, and if it has, if it does come out that it's that, the apologies will be huge because it's the lab's fault. He hasn't ingested that, that, that chemical what's in his body or that, that substance what's in his body, but... Ultimately, it's a performance-enhancing substance that's in his body. If the excuse is the food and the fact that the facts are facts, the amount of food, that type of food that, that you would have to eat, eggs, to get that would be ridiculous. I've had more than 30 odd eggs a week. I've never failed to test with clomiphene, you know what I mean? So, I'm not, again, I'm not saying Conor Ben said that. That's, that's the findings in the, in the other statement, but I think you're right what you're saying. You know, it's, a, it's a whole murky issue. The WBC, Avada, the Boxing World Controller, UCAD, he hasn't failed the UCAD test yet, the Boxing World Controller banning him and taking his licence off him, or he's handed it back, and he can't fight in Britain again now because he's handed it back, but, but they don't recognise Vada and Vada don't recognise UCAD, so to speak. There should just be one worldwide governing body for drug testing, and everyone has to sign up for it, and if you fail one with them, you're done. And 
I'm sick of these sort of second chances. I'm sick of these. Oh, I was caught. You know, I was caught taking steroids, which was performance enhancing, which could help me kill someone in the ring. And I've just got a slap on the wrist and a six-month ban when I wasn't fighting for six months anyway. They're the ones that, that don't sit right with me. I think it's just, you know, it should be a, a, a level playing field for everyone. And if we're not careful, we'll end up like cycling. We'll end up like we're, oh, it's okay, they're taking it, everyone else is taking it. I've said this for years, I didn't win a world title, I came close. But I can look myself in the mirror, I've never took anything in my body, illegal or, or legal or performance enhancing or recreation, recreational while I was fighting. That, that would fail a test. Past every single one of them, they knock at your door six in the morning. They knock at your at your door seven in the morning. They, they, they turn up randomly to shows. Some fights you turn up and they're not there. Some fights you turn up, they are there. There's no real way of, of fiddling it and being sort of one step ahead of them because you never know when they're going to turn up. So you have to just be clean, and and you should be able to, you should be wanting to be clean and wanting to look yourself in the mirror and think I've done everything the right way. You know, if I, if I if I just took performance enhancing drugs all my career would have had a career like like one of the great fighters no you've got to be great also to do that but if it is giving you that extra 10-15% at that top level that's all that matters and it's it's not right someone's going to end up getting injured and dying and unfortunately I, th- I think that's what it's going to take to, to, to clear this sport of drugs It's a murky situation like you said and I think as the weeks and weeks go on we'll probably find out more but uh, I'm going to do a quick segue it's going to change the subject right quick you're out in Saudi Arabia for Tommy Fury and Jake Paul, um, just—I mean, it was a, the whole week seemed it was fun out there in terms of the press conference and weighing and whatnot. So, the fight itself, how did you find it? I thought it was easy for Fury, and I thought it should be. I had money on rounds one and two for Fury. Um, I was ringing on, getting my missus to put a bet on for me because I was over in Saudi and couldn't do it. She got on, but and, uh, I had—I think I got 20, 20 to one for round one, twenty to one for round two. It's okay saying again. I'm not slagging people who, who don't box. Anyone that's anyone that's signing a sports more than welcome. I actually, don't mind the white collar. I love it. It gives people a. a I'm not saying that's white collar, by the way. I, li- I like white collar boxing when people can come in and experience what what happens in boxing. Realize how hard it is. You do the training. You try and diet a little bit. Then you get in the ring and fight or or box and it's controlled and and it's a nice control way to release a bit of aggression or, or, or sort of problem out whatever they, whatever it is they do I actually don't mind because it gives people an insight into the sport who don't just sit there on the couch on social media slagging the sport off I've never actually tried to do it at any level but the point is with that is if you're not a boxer and you try it you realise how hard it is Tommy Fury's a boxer Jake Paul's not a boxer Tommy Fury's been doing this since he was a kid and whether you want to call him not a good boxer, not a very good boxer, or an average boxer, he's not bad, but he's a novice, but he's not bad. And that should be more than enough to beat someone like Jake Paul. And that was me thinking all week for the fight. That's why I thought, you know what, as soon as he gets in, he starts landing. With a bit, a bit of the anger and the aggression, and he's probably got pent up from all the personal stuff, he'll probably go for it, put it on him, and I think he could get him out of there quick. Not a knockout, so to speak, but maybe stop him, just hit him with that many shots, the drip jumps in. But I felt it was relatively easy for him. Uh, the knockdown, it was a knockdown, but it wasn't. He wasn't hurt. Obviously, I think it was a jab, wasn't it? That that's done it or exchange jabs. And it was. I was watching it obviously from 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 ringside. Um, had a brilliant week. Great build up to the fight. Didn't think that it's not my cup of tea, so to speak. But was I enjoying it and, and staying at the end for the press conference once my kid had done his stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I got I got sort of caught up in it all. And in the end, it was good to watch. It, it, it was a brilliant event. Some some uh, some week in Saudi, Riyadh was lovely. First time I've been to Riyadh. I've been to Jeddah twice, um, and 
my fighter who, who I manage, Ziad Zizzo, uh, Al Mayouf. He's a, he's a lovely kid, dead nice lad. He's, he's, he's a Saudi fighter and he's done great on, on his fight. He had, a, he had a good little fight. My heart was in my mouth because I'd, I'd made the match. He dropped in the first round, didn't he? I remember that, yeah. First round, yeah, he walked on again, just exchanging right hands. He, he, he come off the worst. Got up with a good shot. He's done really well getting up and he, he won the last three rounds and won the fight on points. But uh, my heart was in my mouth when he, when he hit the floor in the first round. I thought, oh no, because he's only, he's only a young kid. He, he, he's still got a lot to learn. He hasn't had that extensive amateur career. So he's got to learn on the job. He's got to be match right. But obviously when you're fighting in Saudi, you're a Saudi fighter. You want to be matched with a competitive fighter and a winning record and, and a South American. And, and we, we ticked all those boxes. And I think next time when he's out, he's out on the Anthony Joshua show on April the 1st. I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing him on that, getting down there for fight week with him. Make sure everything's okay for him, but in Saudi it was it was great. We, we, we had we had everything we needed. Mike Tyson turned up, some of the big names turned up. Tyson Fury was there, Wilder, and it was just Christian yeah. Wilder was there. Wilder was in our hotel. Tyson was in our hotel. I didn't get to see Ronaldo. I got asked to want to go up and maybe maybe see him or meet him. I don't think there was a guarantee. I just said no thanks. <laughs> why, why? 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 Well, why? He's a, he's, a, he's a Man United player. You know, why would I want to go up? You know, Rooney's different. Rooney's one of us. He's a scouser. He's, he's a lovely lad. Even when he was at United, we still loved him. I still liked him and got on with him. I'm an Evertonian. He, yeah, but he's our, he's our mate, so we still got on with him and, and sort of brushed that aside. But Ronaldo, I don't even you know. I'm a Messi fan. Unbelievable athlete. And his achievements are, are off, off, off the scale. What he's done, probably, you know, he squeezed every last drop of him. I admire him sort of more than Messi, even though I like Messi more. Because Messi's, I felt, was a bit more natural talent, whereas Ronaldo's got his balls off all his life to, to create what he what he is. And every every credit to him, that's off to him, but not not for me. No, I'd rather just stay down and sit with the boxers and sit around, sit around Tyson, all the other lads, and big Tyson Fury. It was uh, they they like they're the people I'd rather be around. You said it wasn't your cup of tea, but you enjoyed it. Now, as an ex-fighter, what do you make? of the Carl Froch Jake Paul situation Carl seems to be making I mean, Carl's good with his words as well when he's been making videos as well so it seems like he's he's enjoying that part of it the, the whole thing but Jake Paul Carl Froch that whole situation what do you make of it? I've, I've said that a few times and and this is this isn't like this isn't just playing people down I'm, I'm, I'm being big headed but if I, if I was in the shape Carl Froch was in if I'd have stayed in, in shape and stayed in the gym even nowadays, I've been in the gym properly for four years. I just do a bit of weights now and then. I need to start doing something, but I don't. But let's say I got in the gym for 12 weeks now. I'd take a fight with Jake Paul with my left hand only, and I'd be very confident of beating him. Mm. If Carl Froch fought him tomorrow, he'd absolutely destroy him with one hand only. And that's not like just slagging Jake Paul off. Fellas keep stopping me in the street saying, hey, lad, what about this YouTuber Tyson Fury and Tyson and Mike Tyson and Anthony Joshua? Five million quid right after each other. And who wouldn't? What's the worst that can happen? You get knocked out. That could happen against someone like Jake Paul. But five million pounds, then paydays. Do, do, do you think I've had a five million? Did you get that when you were? Do you think I've had a five million pounds? <laughs> I never made five million pounds in 47 fights. You know, think about it. It, it. It's that's the type of money we're talking. So it's a silly question for starters. Secondly, would I beat him? I think even after five, he's out the ring. If I couldn't beat him and beat him well within a couple of rounds or three rounds at least, then 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 there's a problem. Carl Frost was absolutely destroying and. It would be the biggest mismatch ever. It'd be the easiest night's work he's ever had. It'd be the easiest five million quid he ever got. He knows that. People who know the boxing know that. But the public will buy into that. Oh, it's Carl Froch. Oh, what might happen? It might be close. That it's never going to even be close. Even now, Carl Froch still stays in shape. 
imagine Carl Fletcher in there with a pair of ten ounce gloves on against Jake Paul. You know what I mean? It's so why why is he doing it or why is he he getting involved in it all? Because it would be the easiest payday of his life. Mm. I hope he gets it. Because good luck to him. You know what I mean? But it's would it be a match? No. Would it be you know hard work for him? Absolutely not. People people. Back to the Tommy Fury thing. People don't understand the the, the magnitude of an actual professional boxer who's gone through the amateur card and a fellow who was on the Disney Channel or, or a YouTuber or someone who hasn't actually boxed properly who's just started boxing now and has got the best of everything around them to try and up and get there it, it, it's just it, it's complete opposite of the scale it's like me because I played Sunday League footy for, for a few years when I was a kid and I was shit at it it's like me wanting to go and compete with Premier League footballers because I've got a boxing background and a bit of a platform on boxing, I can now cross over. It doesn't work. And Jig, Jig, Jig Paul's platform is unbelievable, by the way, off the charts. That's why he's in the position he's in. But again, I can't bad mad at all. It's bringing new eyes to the sport. There's kids now up there who would never watch boxing, watching boxing because of Jake Paul. Them kids might go in the gym and try it because of Jake Paul. If them kids go in the gym and try it and love it, then they're going to get a better form, a better way of life, a better upbringing, better, more discipline, respect, manners, self worth, you know. Not wanting to grow up being assholes, wanting to fight everyone because they're controlling that aggression in the gym. So it can only be sort of good from it unless someone gets hurt. And then people will realise it's actually not a sport that you mess around with. It's a serious game, as you know yourself. Well, Paul, I've had you for a long time. I know you've got to work tonight on this show and Richardson versus O'Hara Davis. So I won't keep you much longer. I was going to say I'll see you next week in Liverpool. I'm down there for the fight, but I don't know if you'll be around. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be around. I'll be, in, I'll be in the town centre all week. It's just unfortunate with Callum, as I say. You know, I'll still be at the show, I'll still be there. I've just got to for him, you know. It, just thankfully for him, he's not in a situation where like this. This isn't the Batavia fight, or mm. this isn't the, the the last fight, which was the final eliminator, or this isn't a fight where he needs to take because he's guaranteed on the payday to pay bills or things like that. So, thankfully for him, he's in he's in an okay situation. It's unfortunate with the injury. It's just one of them things. You know, but he can't he can't fight, and that's it. It, it, it would it would be it could be detrimental to his to his career to to his health if he if he fights in in next week and he's got to have a, a few weeks off now we'll see what see what the, the medical reports are saying and then get back on the horse for, for um, Batavia get back into camp get back training and it's just a shame it happened in the last week of camp and not the first week of camp mm. I think that's probably the first thing we'll have thought he's put a good camp in he's in good shape he's sparring really well he's, uh, he's, he's you know, his weight's coming down really nicely Everything's on, on track and on target and then that happens it's just that's boxing isn't it you know, you've got to be very careful Definitely. Well, listen, if I do see you next week, I'll see you next week, but I'll definitely see you in the Utility Arena here in Newcastle for a great fight against uh, Lewis Fritz and Harry Davis. But as always, Paul, thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.